Here we are, episode 66 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. We're glad you're here. Appreciate it. We have a simple goal here on the podcast. We want to provide you with some insight into the people, the places, the companies, the organizations, and the issues that are important to and make up Wichita's business community. We recently held our ICT Summit. It was a one-day event at Mark Arts that provided three panel discussions, a workshop, a message from a special speaker, that was Warren Martin from Kansas Strong, and a mixer sponsored by nonprofits. One of the panels was about Wichita's tech community. We featured that in last week's episode. This week, we focus on our panel called Brutiful Minds. Wichita's Brewers of Beer and Coffee. Again, I'll have excerpts from that panel and opinions from our five panelists. But some notes about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. First off, the Kansas Leadership Center wants to expand its horizons. Ed O'Malley is CEO over there, and the members of the Kansas Leadership Center board have high aspirations for the organization. While they want to maintain their commitment to making Kansas better through leadership, They want to expand beyond Kansas borders and spread the leadership message around the country and around the world. Brian Horwath's big story, that begins on page 10. This week on our recurring series on Wichita's a great place to start a business, managing editor Bill Wilson writes about Samuel and Stephen McVeigh, a couple of El Dorado entrepreneurs. They have some advice for others who want to start their own business. Page 7, that's a feature that we run every other week. We spend 10 minutes with Zach Potter, get to know this former pro golfer, who is the new manager of the Wichita Sports Forum. That's on page 19. This week's list, Wichita's largest ad agencies ranked by number of employees. Some changes on that uh, list because we lost a couple of ad agencies over the past couple of weeks. That's on page 12. Part of our mission is to help Wichita area businesses grow. One part of that is offering leads each week. New building permits, new corporations, real estate transactions, who owes back taxes, new lawsuits even. This week, all that starts on page 15. Back in a moment to talk more about Wichita's brewing scene. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. About 200 people attended our ICT Summit. We held three panel discussions, one on the local tech industry, one on defining Wichita, and on Wichita's brewers and their breweries, beer and coffee. We had five panelists, Stacy Ward-Latin from Hopping Gnome Brewery, Andrew Goff from Reverie Roasters, Ryan Kerner of River City Brewing, Stino Iacopelli of Augustino Brewing, and Dan Norton from Norton's Brewing. Our discussion went about an hour. I'm picking out the most important points. Sorry, I can't give you the whole thing. I asked them all about how they got into brewing and what made them decide to take it from a hobby to a business. I'll introduce them one at a time here so you can hear their voices and figure out who's talking later. Stacy Latin from Hopping Gnome got us started. 
Uh, we got into craft beer, kind of like what Dan was saying, um, from other craft breweries. And when we lived in Hayes was when, um, at that time, uh, Gela's uh, Diner and LB Brewing were just opening. And that's kind of how we kind of cut our teeth on on uh, craft beer. And I don't think I, the only, I think the only craft beer I might have had before that was like a Boulevard Wheat. And if you guys are, you know, and it was like, oh, there's stuff in the bottom of my beer. What's wrong with this? You know, the unfiltered. So um, I think, you know, we had very little experience with that. And once we started seeing like, oh, look at those tanks and they brew this here. And it was kind of a new experience for us. And he just thought, well, maybe, maybe I could try that. So we didn't start doing it till we moved back to Wichita. But it was definitely the other craft breweries that, that inspired us. Then Stino Iacopelli from Augustino Brewing. Seven years ago, if you'd asked me if I was going to open up a brewery, I would have said, hell no. Why would I make my uh, hobby that I love so much my job? And uh, what changed that for, for myself uh, and, my, and uh, my wife was really the fact that I was in a leadership position with the local homebrew club in the about 2010 to 2012 range, uh, which happened to be also coinciding with the craft beer industry starting to take off in Wichita. So I had the opportunity to meet a lot of these guys uh, long before uh, they had opened and uh, had known a lot of other people in the industry and, and just kind of came to the, the realization along with Bianca that uh, it's, you know, if not now, when, and if I get to the end of my life and I haven't done this, am I going to ask what if I'd made that decision differently? And so, you know, as terrifying as it is, as many of you in this room know, of starting a business and trying to keep that business open and running and profitable, uh, I consider it a lot more terrifying not saying yes to doing something like that. So that's why we uh, made the leap and we uh, opened in November of last year near uh, Central and Tyler. Ryan Kerner went next. He's from River City Brewery. I think we can all agree that culture brought a lot of us into this. I dare you to go to an event held by a craft brewery or based upon craft beer, not walk away with acquaintances that turn into long life friends. Most of my best friends are in this industry. Um, I got into it because I liked drinking craft beer, right? Kind of difficult, right? You know, it's horrible, horrible hobby. So got into it, drinking craft beer, going to events and making those friends, which got me into the industry and then ended up make, meeting Dan, who was my boss for a while. <laughs> and uh, like I said, lo- lifetime friendships. So it's great. Next, Dan Norton of Norton's Brewery. For me personally, it was the first subject I found that I really loved learning about. Um, there is a lot of science and, and whatnot behind brewing, and if you really want to hone your craft, it's, it's something you have to keep learning. I, I don't know everything. I've been doing it a long time, and I learn new stuff all the time. Um, people f- seem to think we mostly walk around with beers in our hands all day, but I, I promise you this, that 90% of our job is very laborious and, and mostly involves cleaning and sanitizing, um, but it's a labor of love, and at the end of the day, you get to 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 sip on a beverage that you created from nothing, and uh, there's no better feeling. And, of course, last but not least, our coffee maker, Andrew Goff, talking about starting Reverie Roasters. I will say my path is similar, and we're probably all similar in some ways and different in others. Um, I would travel and have experiences that 
we would, would routinely think, man, this would be great in Wichita. And so my, um, my interest in coffee and as a brewing coffee is also more like the roasting is more like the brewing aspect of your business. Um, if you want to draw a better comparison, um, we didn't have these experiences really uh, deep in our community and we needed it. We knew that it was, I mean, it's a huge tidal wave that's happening in our, in our country. It's going to happen at some point. Let's be there at the beginning. But I did it out of curiosity. I wasn't a home roaster when I started. Um, I did this because I didn't know the trade and I wanted to learn it. So I kind of built it from the ground up. Now, local breweries and coffee shops have been popping up all over the Wichita area for the past few years. You'd think they're all out to scratch for the greatest market share possible. Tough competition. But they said that's not necessarily the case. There's a lot of camaraderie among brewers. I just think that uh, the industry we're in is a creative industry. Um, we're creating things. Uh, brewing, we, uh, I consider an art form to some degree. Um, and personally, like the, the days of the fridge beer that you always get are kind of gone. It's what have you done? What's new? What's exciting? And all of us are putting out really good beers and coffees and uh, doing really unique things. And personally, like when Ryan or Stino or, or Hopping Gnome puts out a new beer, like I can't wait to try it. And um, it's just, uh, you know, we all put a lot of hard work into what we do. And good beer and good friends is what it's all about. So. Um, anytime we can support one another, we're, we're there. And, and we all go to s pretty much the same events and hang out together. And, um, you know, when you're sitting around over a beverage, uh, friendships are going to be formed and, and long-lasting bonds. So um, the industry as a whole, we're trying to move a trajectory forward, and we're all trying to do that together to, to kind of get Wichita to, a, to become known as a destination beer city, coffee city, what have you. Um, and... Uh, you know, there's room for a lot more, if you ask me. It's definitely collaboration over competition, given that we are categorized as micro and nano breweries. Um, when you expand upon that, there is macro breweries, right, who make, you know, millions and millions of gallons a year, sell that domestically, and that would be what Dan's referring to as fridge beer, right? Well, for every person that is a domestic drinker and converts to a micro or nano craft beer drinker, we're gaining for every percent, you're talking millions of people. So since when I started at River City, I think the number was, you know, don't, don't quote me on this, but like 93% macro beer drinkers to craft beer drinkers. And now we're in the high 80s of macro to craft beer. There's the most craft breweries open that have, has ever been open. This is the day um, since pre-prohibition when there were, everyone was making their own beer. Restaurants, every city had a craft beer brewery. And now we're opening those craft breweries into new cities, which have never, you know, a population of 50 people. They're going to have a craft brewery. Uh, the, the one thing that I would add to uh, what makes this industry in terms of the collaboration and over competition a little bit different is the fact that, kind of piggybacking off of what Dan said, usually when we see one another, we have beers in our hands. Our, our version of the trade show that exists in a lot of other industries is beer fests. And it's hard not to get along with uh, your 
competitors when you're spending most of the time drinking their beer and they're spending most of the time uh, uh, drinking your beer. And it, it opens up that line of communication as to, you know, how can we all do better as an industry in terms of producing uh, great beer and, and just raising the bar so that we can win more of you over in this room. Because remember what, uh, what Kerner here said, uh, it's, it's still an 80-20 on uh, domestic beer versus craft beer. That means that at each one of these tables, there's only a couple of you that are regularly drinking craft beer. Uh, the other eight of you, we are after, and we're going to get you. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I would say we probably wouldn't have gotten started if not for the other breweries in this area. Walnut River Brewing in El Dorado was starting right as we were kind of starting our business plan, and we got a lot of help from them and uh, Wichita Brewing Company. And even now, if there's something that Tori wants to brew or something we need to do, he's calling Kerner, he's calling Dan. Uh, we're getting we're getting uh, grain from uh, Central Standard across the street. So I think you don't see that a lot in a lot of industries, but um, you know, like they said, it's it's easy to get along, and when and and everybody tries to make it oh, about competition. Is it too saturated here? Are we getting too many breweries? And the answer is no, we're not. And when we're we're all doing well, we're all doing well. Per per capita, we're way low on on breweries uh, for our population. So it's a little slightly different for our industry, although it is very similar in a lot of ways. I said that earlier, but uh, for example. We have a, a close-knit, tight community, probably not as tight as the coffee, or sorry, the uh, beer brewing community. Um, five, year, five years ago when we started, uh, we were seeing kind of the renaissance occur, and, and the majority of the craft brewers arrived a year and a half later and have completely like blown the coffee, like, as, as far as the acceleration, um, out of the water. But the other side of that is, is we're taking on a very small market. So like, uh, the, they're after the, they're at the, the 20%, right? And they're after the 80 in the coffee industry in 2015 exceeded uh, specialty coffee. So that'd be the difference between the bigs and the smalls. Uh, only 51% finally be, achieved the majority of the market share. So we're already at the majority, but the, the, the rate of growth is a lot slower. So we're still converting people over um, to specialty. So it's, it's tough. It's interesting in how similar, but also how very different we have to go at. I did want to make a point that I'm dying to get the customer loyalty base that the beer industry has. Um, for example, you might come to one of our shops and consume a coffee, and I'll go to one of their breweries and have no less than four of theirs. So, so we, we literally need four times the customers to generate the same amount of revenue. So it's, it's a very interesting... You don't want to see me after four coffees. Yeah. Right. You don't want to see anybody after four coffees. So it's, it's interesting, but um, I just wanted to throw that out because it is a, is a fun parallel, and that's why we've added alcohol, because same people drink specialty coffee, typically drink specialty brews. It's, it's, it makes sense. Also interesting to hear the panel talk about their fans and how their businesses contribute to the quality of life in Wichita. People find a beer or a brewery they like, they make friends, hang out at the establishments at a time when Wichita is trying to convince young people to stay in town and to convince others to move to Wichita. The brewers say they play an important part. Stacy said she's heard many times from former Wichitans who come back for the holidays. They said if they knew Wichita had these breweries and places to connect, hang out, they may have never left. That's powerful. 
They strive to create products that their customers love. Many customers are very loyal to one brewery. They're super fans. And if someone takes to social media to criticize them, a lot of times they don't have to respond. They're super fans. Set the critics straight. I also wanted to talk about the business of what they do. I asked the panel to talk about their biggest challenges in creating a new Wichita business. I'm going to just make a general assumption here, <laughs> aside from Augustino having a business degree. Um, I mean, and I know my wife has a master's in business, and we don't know how to run a business as good as someone, uh, other people, I should say. We had the little to no support, and we had to build that up on our own. We made a crap ton of mistakes um, and still make them every day. So starting out, it was not knowing what was the priority. Um, and every business owner, I would assume the majority of you all work for companies that get to deal with the headaches that are behind the scenes. If you are a self-employed person, you know, there'll be a day in your life when you have to choose between paying your tax to the government or your employees. And I encourage you to pay your employees first. Um, and that's the decision we always had to make. And so those are realities, harsh realities of how to operate a business. And we just didn't know until you're already there. Um, so that's probably the hardest part of starting a business for us. I think in brewing and any any anytime you deal with alcohol in general in the state of Kansas or anywhere, it was just knowing what to do and when. You have to have a federal license and a state Preach. license and a city license. And Preach. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have all this stuff. And, it, and, and like I said, if it weren't for the other breweries helping us and us being able to, to look to them as mentors, it was just, and everybody kind of expects you to just know what you're doing, you know, when you, you like call the city or call the state and they're just like, yeah, this is, you fill out this form and it's like, yeah, we haven't done this before. <laughs> we're just, we're, we're new, we're starting out. So I think just figuring out the whole process just to get started is, is a little bit overwhelming. Andy is, uh, is right that I do have a, a, a business degree, an MBA from Wichita State, whoop whoop. Um, I will say that the, the business degree, it does help in terms of some of the nuts and bolts of running a business, but it's the everyday of being thrown into the fire as to, okay, it is Wednesday morning. I have not gotten my fire of the day yet. I wonder what it's going to be, because it will be something, especially as a uh, new startup like we are. Um, and it's having that capacity to learn and adapt. And for, for those of us who are dealing with both you know, the beer side and the food side, uh, and you know, we have, any, depending on the week, we have somewhere between about 30 to 45 employees um, at, at our place, and that means you've got 30 to 45 different personalities that you're dealing with day to day. Uh, not always the most uh, productive for advancing your business forward, and so learning to deal with people, uh, not just your guests, but, but also your employees has been a real new thing for us, so. So when we opened in 1993, I was five years old, okay? <laughs> I lived in Alaska, so I was in no part a part of River City at the time. But um, I gotta tell you, I don't, haven't had to focus on the opening of a business, but I am currently a part of the barriers that we do face as a business. And that is restrictions from you know, state or city at times. And the red tape that's thrown up is because a lot of the laws that have been in place since, you know, forever um, 
the state and city are now focusing on interpreting those laws accordingly because there, there's, we have nine breweries in town. There used to be one. Now we have to interpret these laws and appropriately place them so that it's fair, right? But there's the most help that we have as craft breweries is the Kansas Craft Beer Guild. Um, we all pay dues to them, duties to them, so that they have a, uh, who's that? Bill, Bill Bradley. Yes, Phil. Phil is our representative. Yep, lobbyists, there we go. These are all, I'm, I'm not nervous, you're nervous. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, our dues to Phil, he goes up and he says, this is what you're saying we have to do, but I don't think you're interpreting the law correctly. And so he's kind of our forefront in all the red taping barriers that are currently set. And I gotta tell you, it's great. But um, as we're moving forward and the taxes are flowing in that we haven't had to pay before and you know It's it's just really nice to have that little cushion going on As far as uh, being a startup and some of the hurdles uh, we uh, We visited 13 banks. We got 12 no's and uh, My wife and I spent about five years sitting on our front porch about every night kind of dreaming this brewery up and um talking about what it would look like, what it would feel like, what we wanted to create for this place. And uh, that 13th bank, you know, uh, saw that vision. And I, I remember that initial meeting with them when I could just look in their faces and see their smiles and I knew that they got it. And, and, and they helped us get the place open. Um, but being told no all those times was, it never really killed the fire at all. It made us go harder. And, you know, all I can say is never underestimate what somebody will do for their kids. And, um, you know, just no wasn't an option for us. So we just kept plowing forward. And, and there was hurdles every step of the way. I'm, I'm sure all you guys know that. Uh, but uh, as far as red tape's concerned, uh, if, if, if you've got a vision and you've got the fire behind it, there's, there's no hurdle that's not worth jumping for. And there's support out there, I will say. Um, most Absolutely. of us, yeah, worked with the SBA, groups like Network Kansas to help you with funding, to help you. I mean, you can walk into the SBA, no charge, and get a business plan started. I mean, so if you're out there thinking, you know, we don't want to discourage anybody. If you're out there thinking you want to start your own thing or you have the side hustle that you want to, you want to bring to the forefront, uh, there's a lot of great groups here in Wichita to help you. And I just want to add to that, Kansas Small Business Development Center houses at Wichita State University, it was because of them I was able to secure the second round of financing to leave my job. So for two and a half years, I didn't have any help. It was that help I got to help transition from one place to another. So I give a lot of credit to them for that. And I, I will throw in my plug for Wichita State University in general, because there are a, um, a lot of fantastic resources. And you know we always hear about the uh, innovation campus there. Um, you know, and I think what a lot of people in the community still, you know, in spite of uh, President Bardo's attempts to, to, uh, to uh, get it across everyone, there are amazing resources uh, that are already in existence and are coming on board for taking ideas to the next level that you have. And so, you know, the Center for Entrepreneurship's a great uh, place to go for, uh, for direction and for assistance. And 
um, I, one of the things for, for me uh, that was a real blessing uh, for our company when we were a startup is uh, we were selected to be part of a uh, launch prep cohort, uh, which was a collaborative between uh, the E2E Accelerator and the Center for Entrepreneurship at Wichita State. And that was the opportunity to have some really uh, solid, experienced entrepreneurs really poke holes in our business plans and make them better. I also asked them if they felt like the people in local and state government wanted to help them and help them succeed. Generally, they said yes, but it would be great to reduce the red tape they had to face if the system was more efficient and streamlined, they could open faster, they could hire earlier, and they could bring in revenue more quickly. Wichita City Councilman Brandon Johnson was listening closely. He was in the audience. He attended the summit. Well, this was a great discussion that shined a lot of light on breweries, the people who are part of the industry and the challenges and rewards of doing what they do. Great job. Thanks to our panelists. Back after this. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 66. Check out all the episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. We appreciate it. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.